I just texted Des and Ebony and I sent quiet. Are they helping? No, but they're working out. So when they come back, they better be fucking silent. Ebony's gonna like appear like a ghost again in there. I literally told her I don't don't come in the room. So, but my wishes will probably not be respected, but it's fine. Or a business. I'm in business mode. Okay. I'm in battling for my life mode. Okay. Um, do you want me to share my screen so you can see the talking points, or do you want to like have it like facing you and me? Mm, What's your right? Okay. This is good. Well, should we get started? We shall. Okay. Well, welcome back to another episode of Off the Cuff. I'm here with everyone's fave, Miss T Money herself, um, Miss Taylor Hamilton. Welcome back. Hey guys. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Um, it's going well. I'm actually wanted to tell you a ghost story really quickly. I've been waiting to start us off. So yesterday, um, me and Ebony were hanging out in the room, vibing. She was actually actually giving me a massage. What? Dude, I worked out for the first time on Sunday and I literally couldn't walk. I felt like a brand new baby horse getting its footing. Like I don't work out. So I worked out really, really hard on Sunday and I just could not freaking walk. When you go zero to a hundred, that, that'll happen. Also so Ebony giving you massage. <laughs> That's never happened before either. Yeah. No, she massages me all the time. I thought you like anti-massage. No, she doesn't like getting massages. Oh, Okay. So it's kind of like a best case scenario because I just get one and then I don't have to give her one back. Amazing. Um. Anyways, so she was massaging my meaty calves because those are like the pain point number one. And we just reorganized our like, uh, what would you call this? Like a gallery wall area. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, we have this picture up of Ozzy Osbourne and it says speak of the devil. And it literally flew off the shelf last night. No. And I was like totally creeped out that of course it's the one that's talking about the devil. (laughs) I mean, you've been saying that since you and Ebony moved into that room, which by the way, was my old room. mm -hmm. You've been having crazy dreams. They've they've calmed down like slightly. They're more like, like sometimes I'll have like saucy dreams or like last night I had a dream about like the desk situation for an hour. Interesting. I don't know. Anyways, how are you? You know, I am good. I'm battling some pretty bad cramps right now. I was fighting demons at war today, but they finally calmed down a little bit. Sitting here with my kidney Forex, sponsored, and my heat not sponsored, pack. sponsored, not sponsored. But if you haven't tried it, try it. Making your dry January a little bit damp. I don't know. It's giving a little glistening of a morning dew. Hmm. I will say every time I drink one of those, I am insane. I love them. And I prefer the cans. Actually, the concentrate, you feel a little bit more loopy, but the cans are nice and refreshing, non-alcoholic, get your euphoria on. I love that. I've been (laughs) telling everyone that I'm doing dry January and I've been drinking constantly. I've seen alcohol in every story you've posted. Please. I literally have to come clean. Like I had to start telling people like I'm actually not doing it. I've been good. I only drank twice. One with a client when I was on a work trip 
And then one when my parents came to visit had some vino. So that's really good. 31 days. Are you going to start drinking again in February or are you kind of done? I'll probably drink for special occasions or like events, but I'm kind of over drinking right now. I'm not really in a phase of going out. And although somehow I'm still gaining weight. So I'm like, wait, usually when you stop drinking, you lose the weight, but I'm like, what's happening here? You should check your cortisol levels. Cortisol levels could be high. (laughs) <laughs> looks off and smiles <laughs> looks off into the distance oh yeah well I don't know that's always on my like for you page I'm like I need to check my cortisol levels they're also probably high. everyone check your cortisol levels yeah hate that well speaking of dry January we have quite the little episode for us today it's not dry um, at all it's not a dry episode at all. So today, Taylor and I were talking and we wanted to record and we were like, what should we talk about? And one thing that we both really have in common is our love of travel. And that's actually one of the reasons why we became such fast friends um, was we've had like a few travel experiences underneath our belts together. And then Taylor this last year actually did a three month long solo adventure trip um, that I want to get in with her. And, you know, we'll talk about some of our non-dry experiences along the way. Um, But yeah, so Taylor, should we tell them about our first travel experience together? I mean, we have to. Um, Do you want to tell it? So I think we both have to give the tea. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So Zoe and I met, what, sophomore year of college, end of college. Let me say that Taylor and I... I'm gay. Taylor's not. We are U-Haul best <laughs> friends. We met each other, immediately moved in together. Three immediately weeks later. decided we were needed to study abroad together. We yes. couldn't be separated. No, Zoe was like, I'm going to study abroad. At the time, I was a bio major. I was like, oh my God, studying abroad is not even in the picture for me. Zoe comes in. I'm studying abroad. I was like, nope, I'm going to make it work. I'm studying abroad. <laughs> so. So we went to Italy. Um. Which is also where we gained a lot of weight. Oh, yes. All we did was get drunk and eat pasta three times a day. And pizza and gelato and wine. The trifecta. Wouldn't have gone any other way. It was so fun. I mean, I remember applying and it was just like kind of manic and kind of stressful. And you were like picking classes. Um, What classes did you take? You took a few. Oh, my gosh. I took a wine class and a chocolate class. And those happened to be on the same day. So all I did <laughs> was eat chocolate and drink wine. And I Hell wonder yeah. why I gained 10 pounds. Nah, um, but I also did a world religions class, an art history class, and like a scientific class on Galileo because there's a Galileo museum in Florence, which was really cool. So yeah. But which one was your awesome. favorite? I mean, obviously the wine class. But outside of that, I really liked my world religion class. We got to learn about like Hinduism and Buddhism and Judaism, Christianity. And obviously being in Florence, it's very like heavily Catholic influenced, but they had like a Jewish temple there and they had a bunch of synagogues that we also got to visit. And it was just cool learning about, you know, different cultures and what they believe and all of that. I love that. I took like, um, I took an anthropology class through food. So we were eating like ancient grains and like ancient recipes. Some of them really slapped and some of them were kind of bad. 
Um, I took, what else did I take? I took a social media class where my final was to write a caption for a social media post. Oh my God, I, I remember like, that. I was like, what the hell? Um, I took a gardening class, which was by far my hardest class. The teacher was really freaking hot and he took us on field trips all the time. Yeah, but Florence it, had some sick gardens. He was like, the final was like, when was this garden made? When was the refurbishment of the garden? I was like, states. It was hard. My art class, would they would show us a picture or a painting. You'd have to name like the theme, the the date, the artist, all of these things. And I'm like, holy shit, how am I supposed to remember all of this? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, I feel like we didn't have any homework. Did you have homework? No. I had no homework. We had to walk a mile to class and back. But I feel like the the school part was just such a little minuscule I kind of forgot we went to school. I just felt like we were living over there. <laughs> I, we were just living our best lives. I we, we were so funny. I mean, at this point, we were, what, 19? We weren't 21 yeah. yet. 20? No, I think we were 20. And we lived with five girls. Well, six, but five of our besties. Shout out. They're the queens. Best Gucci. We love you. And we're all still so close. Every year we try to plan a trip so we can all meet up somewhere and hang out. We actually just went to Sadie's wedding. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, love those love those girls. Those girls were so fun. I remember like we were, you know, we were doing like the Facebook stalking and it was just like, are, is this really our roommate? And then we had one kind of crazy roommate. Okay, just like to spill the tea slightly, like this roommate was- Why do we always have a crazy roommate? I don't know. I think we attract that energy. We'll tell that story a different time. The first crazy roommate, but that's how Zoe and I initially bonded. I'm like still scared of that person slightly. Yeah. No names will be dropped. The tea but this, will be spilt. Our Italian crazy roommate. She was like, how? She, what, what What kind of gamer was she? She was a uh... video gamer. Oh, like. Uh... I mean, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Card games. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, is that a thing? Or like Yeah, it was like something like Dungeons like and that. Dragons. And she would get up at like three in the morning so she could play with her boyfriend mm-hmm. and go to bed at like 5 p.m. And she would like scale the wall like Spider-Man. Yeah, she'd like jump up on the wall on all fours, like between the hallway. Yeah. And slither up to get stuff on like the super high cabinets. She also used to paint completely nude in the living room with a red Only lipstick. Only wearing on. yeah, red <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> And we'd be like, um, what? And wouldn't she be on? nude like when Kiana's boyfriend was in the room? Yeah, he'd like come over and she'd be like, hello. Like fully in the nude. <laughs> Is that like, part real? Did I, did I make that up? No, that's real. Kiana yeah. and Rob talk about it because they're like, what the heck was that? Bizarre. Oh my God. Anyways, study abroad was so fun. Um, We traveled we got a lot. To do, yeah, we traveled all over the place. We did Spring Fest in Germany. We did Amsterdam, which we went the coldest freaking weekend of the year. Yeah. The weather was like, ah, it'll be, I don't know, like 30s. Or, okay, not too bad. We get there and it's snowing and it's frigid cold. We have no clothes for that. Zoe and I are sharing one twin bed. <laughs> and and we all we did was in a hostel with 12 boys. And we smoked a lot of weed. Sorry, should we not be, <laughs> should we not be saying that? I don't care. No, it's we did legal there. Who cares? Okay. Thank you. We did Switzerland. We did Spain. We did. What else did we do? I didn't do Prague, but all you guys did. I Prague. did Prague. Um, we did Barcelona. 
We did oh my God. France and we you had remember dollars between the two of us. Wait, can we talk about Barcelona on the back of those bikes? <laughs> Stop it. Remember the guy that I was on the bike with was like a miniature human or something. Not actually. He, for some reason, I just felt like he I was, was a short king. Times. He was a short king. And I was 50 times his size. So me in the back of that motorcycle, I was like holding onto his shoulders with my fingertips. <laughs> oh, man. I felt like I was on the back of Charlie's bike, which was, he's like a fucking Spanish god. And he's like so super, hot. so hot, so cool. And then Taylor's, <laughs> Taylor's the short king. Jaime. And you yeah. didn't even know Carlos. I had known Carlos for years. So I was I like, yeah, know. for sure. I'm going to be on the back of Carlos's bike. Like we're homies. Pull up. Know. Somehow I I'm on like... the back of Jaime's bike. <laughs> oh, fucking A. Oh, well. Oh, that's so intense. Good. I think we so went fun. from the bars to a club on the motorcycle ride to another club. back to the hostel, literally straight to the airport. I don't think we slept at all. No, that was such a fun night. Now I feel like I'm 80 and I'm like in bed by 1030. I know. I'm like holistic girl. Like, holistic do girl. I need to go back abroad? I mean, we've done it twice. Do we do it again? Yeah. I need to so go somewhere forward. that speaks English. True. We, yeah, fast forward, basically, after college, Zoe and I then moved to Spain. Yeah. Basically, my friend from high school was like, what are you doing after college? And I was like, girl, if I knew. And she was like, I'm going to move to Spain to go teach English. Like, would you be down? And I was like, hold on. Let me consult with my closest confidant. AKA me. AKA T-Swizzle. So we chit-chatted, I think within like maybe two hours, we decided we were down. <laughs> it was like sent in the application. How the heck do we break this to our parents? Did the interview, got accepted. How do we break into the family? I don't even remember. I think I was just like, I'm going to move to Spain. And I feel like my parents were pretty supportive, actually. I was a little bit nervous because the whole plan was to go to med school or PA school or something after college which seems so far off in the distance now like that was a fake reality (laughs) um and so I think I was nervous to tell my parents but in the end they were totally accepting like you know what all your dreams we support you like go to you and (laughs) say la vie yeah so we moved to Spain this is now our second time living abroad together and I think it was like all within a year a year Mm -hmm. and a half and this time was not so glamorous This was not glamorous at all, my friend. Study abroad. Everything is just handed to you on a silver plate. You get there. Your apartment is set up. They walk you to your classes. You have a map of the city. They give you all of the important information. Spain, it was like, good luck. Yeah. Have fun. Figure it out. Try to get an apartment in a language that you don't speak. Go get your visa. You got to go to the police station. Got to get the metro card. And do all these different paperworks, again, in a language you don't understand. So challenge accepted. Let let me say this. Study abroad. We lived in the most glamorous, top story apartment building, access to the roof, huge On the river. On the river. Literally, people would come to our apartment. Like, for some reason, like, the advisors would have to, like, come and just, like, check in on our apartment just to make sure we weren't, like, destroying it. And they were like, this is the best apartment I've ever seen in Florence. 
Like this it is was, nicer than my apartment. And I have lived in Florence for, I'm from Florence. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was massive. Mm-hmm. Q2 living Gucci. in, yeah, Vescucci. Q to living in Spain. We are there for two weeks. We've eaten one loaf of bread for some reason. <laughs> We're starving ourselves. We're staying at an Airbnb that felt like it was underground for some reason. Yeah. Claustrophobic. And then we were like trying to get a place to live, trying to get a place to live. Taylor and I end up sharing a room and in a, like, it was almost like an international apartment, even though it yeah, wasn't. there was like eight of us in like a four bedroom. <laughs> Not even, it was like three bedrooms. Yeah. So we had one roommate from Spain, Christian, shout out. He's the best. We yeah, had we two gals from China. One of them, still Gloria, other one, still don't know her name. Still don't know her name. Lived with her for a year. And then a couple from Venezuela and Italy who at first we were indifferent about and then at the end turned out to be our worst enemies. They tried to get us evicted. Yeah, for coming home drunk and late and being a little bit loud. (laughs) But not once did they tell us that. They just went straight to the landlord. Literally, boom. Um, But yeah, you guys, if anyone's... Okay, let's back up for a second. So basically the reason we moved to Spain was to teach English um which it can be its own separate episode if you guys want some advice on how to Mm -hmm. actually get your ass abroad we are both super passionate about that we made it work both times I mean when we were studying abroad we saved a fuck ton of money I mean I saved let's get real with the budget for a second I probably saved like five grand not enough money (laughs) not enough money no I think I probably had around like eight grand like something like that to go over there and granted we were getting paid it was about a thousand euros a month, which was enough for rent and, you know, food. Granted, Zoe and I did share a bedroom. So we paid like what, 280 euros a month, yeah, which is yeah. perfect. Um, and then the rest, like our savings was to travel. So we did a lot of traveling on the weekends. We did a lot of shopping. I did come back with an extra suitcase or two, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, so we did, oh my God, we worked we worked so many, uh, hold on, my mic went just going crazy. We worked odd jobs. I worked at Old Navy for fucking three months to make I it work. I worked at a country club and I was like applying to wash dishes at places. <laughs> like, how Bio can degree. I get more money? Bio, Bio degree. degree. Dishwasher at Casa Corona. <laughs> Ugh, classic. Um, but yeah, it's so crazy there. Like, you, you're here and like, you're making a hundred grand or whatever and, ever, and you feel fucking poor which is absolutely insane to me. And there we survived off of, I made less than a a thousand euros a month. I made like 900 and that was enough with my savings. It was enough to travel constantly, eat out all the time, go shopping all the time, go out to bars. I felt like we were were living living it up. Uh Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. And the culture over there. The way of life, Spain is big on their siesta, their relaxation. They're having a good time, which is crazy because Spaniards smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. They drink like sailors. They're up until 6 6 a.m. Yet they have one of the longest life expectancies. And that is because they have no stress. They don't care about work. Low cortisol levels. Low cortisol levels. (laughs) The Spaniards. Oh, they have a two hour siesta midday where you go and drink with your friends or you go home and take a nap or you just go have a good lunch. You relax, you go back to work, finish it off for two hours. And then the day is yours. 
Do you know what's so insane? I was a te- so we were both teachers and it was just like, yeah, midday, let's go get a few, let's go slam a few beers and then go back to teaching kids. And <laughs> you I was back like, in the classroom, like, how am I supposed to hang out with these freaking toddlers? I'm drunk. Oh my God. Sometimes I'd like come back or I'd go to, to school, like violently hungover in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably reek of alcohol, honestly. Like, I'm ashamed. It's not great. It's not a great look to be around children like that. But, you know, and my coworkers would be like, we get it. No it's worries. Fine. Those standards are smoking day. cigarettes in like age three out, out in the field. So <laughs> they understand. Oh my God. All the Spanish people are so beautiful. I mean, uh, there's just so much hair, to talk about here. The accent. Yeah. We can, if we want to dive deeper into our Spanish adventures, we can have a whole nother episode for that. But honestly, one of the most transformative years, it was challenging. We had to like, you know, rely on ourselves, think outside the box, like get out of our comfort zone. It was hard, I will say. Yeah. You think moving to a big metropolitan city like Madrid, a lot of people are going to be speaking English. Nope, that wasn't the case. And me, La Gringa, didn't know Spanish. I took French in high school. So I get into the uh, taxi when we first get there. I'm like, hola, hablas inglés? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, okay, what am I getting get myself into? Sink or swim, basically. So. Um, I totally agree. Um, it was It was difficult in a lot of ways. And the other thing that was super hard was, and this is one of the topics I want to talk about today, is this like loneliness um what's crazy is there's this whole idea of like instagram versus reality in a lot of ways these like super instagrammable moments you know like you are on the cliffs on whatever you are you know on a you are living in Mallorca or I don't whatever wanna, yeah and i don't want to like play victim and like discredit that at all because all of those are once in a lifetime amazing 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 But at the same time, when you're living like in a country where you don't, when you don't know the language, I mean, we were lucky. We went over together um, and we also knew a few friends just like. I had some really great coworkers that introduced us to their friend group. Like we were very lucky. But at the same time, it was just like you were you were spending so much time in your own head Mm -hmm. that you really had to make sure that that was a super comfortable place to be in. And for Mm -hmm. someone like me who grew up in a house where I had never even spent a night alone. Like there was always a million people around, you know, I, I really was not super comfortable with alone time. It was definitely something I was like stressed about. And it was so wild to then boom, like you're constantly surrounded by people, but you feel so on your own. Cause you cannot understand anything. You can't communicate with them. Mm-hmm. I think I could say small phrases and communicate on very basic needs, like ordering food or getting around. But you can't have an, at least I could not have an in-depth conversation with someone. And so again, a lot of time in your head, a lot of time listening to music or podcasts on your way to work, on the way home, on your commute, when you're out and about. And I think Zoe and I weren't even communicating with each other in the very beginning because that Mm -hmm. initial like adjustment phase, the stress got to a cortisol, freaking cortisol. (laughs) That's the episode theme, cortisol. (laughs) But um. I think like a month into it, we looked at each other. We were like, are we even friends? Like, why aren't we talking? What's going on? We don't talk all day. And then we come home, we don't talk about it. And it was just a lot of stress. But once we got that out, we're like, hey, 
we're each other's support system here. Like we did mm-hmm. this together. Let's like restart this. It was so much better. That's like when the flip really switched and it was, and then it was just like leaning on each other in a lot of ways and like realizing you would be, it was basically like Taylor and I against the world. It felt like in a lot of ways, like we had our other friends, but you know, they were doing their own thing. They had their own groups of friends. It was really you and I, um, which made us so much closer and to have like these experiences, like, you know, like at one point I got two phones stolen. Like I, (laughs) I'm going to say like side tangent as someone who's biracial, I'm Asian and white. If you did not know, um, I stuck out like a sore thumb and being in the States, I look like every other motherfucker out here. Like it's mm-hmm. not even a thing. Everyone's Asian, Asian power. It's all good. Over there. I was racist. like, I was like low key, like an enigma and everyone was obsessed with the fact that I was Asian. So I think maybe being biracial, people knew maybe I was American. I don't know, but I kept getting my shit stolen. And at one point I had, you know, I had, my commute was two hours by bus to my school twice a week. And I was like, I don't have a phone. Oh, well, I guess I'll just get on the bus and travel two hours by myself and hope for the best. And it was mm-hmm. just like that right now sounds like something that scares me. So it's like, even though that is, that's actually insane that I did that. It's literally sink or swim, Zoe. Like you made it happen. You knew you had to do it. And I think it was a really awesome experience for you to go through because it challenged you. Like you said, you're always with other people. You never spent a night alone. Like you share a room with your sister. And so just being by yourself like your independence just, I feel like skyrocketed. And it's just like, I don't know. I was just talking about this and it's like, I feel like a lot of people are afraid to fail or they're, or even some like helicopter parents, they're like scared to like let their kids like make these mistakes or like go through these like moments of trial and tribulation. But it's like, you have to do that. Otherwise you're not growing. You're staying stagnant. You're not learning from anything. Yeah. Hold on. Des and Ebony have been texting me because they want to take a shower, but I'm just like, um, do we have eggs? I think like <laughs> six. Des and Ebony want to know if we if they can take a shower. Do we have eggs? Yeah. They're like, please let me shower, pause for 20 minutes. I'm like, no. Sit in your stink until I'm done. Thank you. Can they will the microphone pick that up? Oh no. Hmm. See? Uh, we'll Only see what seven. happens. They're fine. I'm I'm sorry. <clears throat> um But anyways, so Taylor and I have been entangled in more ways than one. We've been in an entanglement. I don't actually like how that sounded at all. At this point, we're sisters. We're past friendship and we're family. I think it was the first time either of us also spent a holiday away from home. We were going to doctor's appointments with each other. We were like, anything happened. It was our, Zoe was basically my damn emergency contact. Yeah. When we had Salmonella, we held each other's hand in the taxi to the hospital as we were Ooh. both puking in buckets. Like, yeah, it, it's, we're bonded. We were looking at each other. Oh my God, we were going to the hospital in a foreign country. <laughs> Did I not call that? I knew she was going to come in and do something like that, like last time. It's so creepy for that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm still going to record. It's fine. Okay. The new shower head is like very light pressure, I feel like. So we yeah, might not be able to hear it. Can you hear it? 
Okay, well, to the listener, apologies for this manic moment. Ebony's in the shower. I don't know if you can hear it. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on. Things might be cut out. Things might not. We'll see. We kind of touched on this already, but how I want to talk about getting over the fear because I feel like a lot of people want to go travel. They want to go do these things, but it's like, for whatever reason, they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few ideas on that as someone who like definitely does struggle with anxiety, but I want to hear from you first. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to my mind is this book that I just started called The Power of Now. And I think that's huge. If you get an idea of something, whether it's like a creative spark or something related to work or whatever it is, take that action now and book the trip or like make the move, write down the idea, whatever it might be, because we tend to lose motivation slash momentum. I think if you have this idea and you're like, okay, I'll just do it tomorrow or I'll do it next week or, you know, I'll book it in a month. You're never going to get around to it. So the power of now is huge in just like being the catalyst for that idea that you have. And yeah, it might be scary, but I think some of the best things in life come from like a combination of fear and excitement. Mm -hmm. And being uncomfortable. I feel like, excuse me, that kind of touches on like what I'm saying with anxiety. I feel like First of all, I feel like everyone in our generation has anxiety, which doesn't make it like not real. But I just think that a lot of people know exactly what I'm saying with like this, like inner, like your gut kind of just has this weird feeling and, you know, there's excitement and then there's nervousness. And I think that they're really easy to confuse that feeling and it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be whatever. I mean, for me, honestly and I feel like I was lucky because of this but it was like every time I wanted to go do this I felt like I would just tell Taylor and she was like I'm on it like I'm already way ahead of you like let's freaking go and for me having a physical person who is willing to do these things with like cultivating (laughs) cultivating 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 (laughs) still saying it like a psycho it's fine cultivating these these people in my life like curating these friendships of like exactly the people I looked up to the people that I wanted to be like people that were like-minded you know like having someone in my life that I was like let's do this thing and you were like right on the same page as me made me feel like that much more comfortable and sure and I would say along with that point, like you're a product of your environment. If you surround yourself with people who are like-minded or people who have similar goals or maybe are where you want to be, you're going to go up to that level or you're going to be empowered to do those things. If you surround yourself with people who are maybe partying 24 seven and you don't want to be doing that or just, you know, lower energy individuals, then you're going to come to that as well. So surround yourself with people who have similar goals or um, like hobbies and you're more likely to be doing those things. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's also sometimes like you just have to bet on yourself. Like there's like this exercise that I like to do with myself, which is like, I'm making a decision. I'm feeling a little nervous about it. I want more information. And it's kind of like, I'll envision my future self, like really old, like 80 years old. And it's like, 
I'm like, imagine myself, like I'm surrounded by my grandkids and I'm like telling stories. And it's like, is this one of the stories I'd want to have in like my arsenal? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, okay. Then it's probably a good idea. And that goes back to like, I'd rather regret doing something than not doing it. Yeah. Like again, when I'm 80 and gray, I want to look back on my life and be like, fuck yes. Like I lived every moment to the fullest potential that it could be, that it could be. And, you know, like I accomplished all the things I wanted to do. Yeah. I love that. That's why we get along. That's why we get along. But I think fear can be very powerful. Like, don't let it consume you. Acknowledge it. And be like, yeah, you know what? I am scared. Like, this is a big step for me. I've never done something like this before. Mm -hmm. But I know I can. I know it's going to be fine. And if it's not, nothing's permanent. You can hop on a plane and come back home. Or you can easily change the script. Like, you have control. You're the writer, the producer, the main character, the actor of your own life. So if you don't like something, change it. I love that. I think that's a great exercise too. It's just like, what's the worst case scenario? I hate this. Then Mm -hmm. I come back. I'm having the worst time ever. Okay. Then you come back. Oh my God. On my three month adventure, I literally got my wallet stolen. My whole purse, my wallet, my ID, my AirPods, my weed pen, like my favorite photograph, like some rings. Second week on my adventure gone. Um, We'll get into that story later. But everyone was like, oh, my God, like, are you OK? Are you upset? Do you need to come home? Like, what's going on? And I was like, no, it's fine. It's all going to work out. Like, if you can't control it, I'm not going to worry about it. It's already happened in the past. You're just going to keep going forward. Ordered new cards. They weren't there. Had to get them on, uh, what is it called? Apple Pay. Kept going. Like, a lot of things, things will happen. But you just learned how to adapt. Also, it's, like, kind of fun surprising yourself. It's just, like, you know, like, you're getting your wallet stolen, getting my phone stolen. Like these are things that you think would like when you're thinking about the actual moment, you're like, fuck, like that would be the so stressful. Like I wouldn't know what to do. I would never imagine myself for a full month just traveling by bus alone. No. Two hours I went away. Three months in Central and South America with no credit cards or ID. Okay. So you kind of touched on this, but I really do want to get into your solo trip. Yes. So like let's set the scene for a second so we're living here in san diego taylor's living in my current room i'm living in the other room um and i from my point of view i felt like you kind of had this idea in your mind and it was like you know you made it happen very quickly and i know that this was something you had thought of for a while but from like actual conception in your brain to leaving i felt like was super quick so can you give us a rundown on your solo trip how that manifested um, and just like that vocational feeling that you had. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I know you can attest to this, but I think I wanted to do a solo trip for years now. I always talked about taking off for a few months and just, you know, going on like a mission or an adventure. Um, And I think my last job, I was working remote in San Diego. So I obviously had the freedom to do this solo trip that I'd been envisioning for a while. And I remember I was talking with Des who ended up subleasing for me, but her roommates were moving out and she needed a place to live for a few months as well. And that kind of sparked an idea in my mind. I was like, wait a minute, like Des needs a spot to live in San Diego. I've been wanting to leave San Diego, like hand this work somehow. So I texted her. I was like, yo, if I go leave for a few months, like, would you want to sublease my room? Like same 
price that you're paying now. Like it'll be super easy. You can have my stuff there. I can move it like whatever works for you. Just like, Oh my God, totally. That actually helped too. So the stars just aligned, honestly. And I think within like a month of my idea, it happened, right? It's pretty quick. I feel like, yeah, it was so quick. So I started kind of planning it, I guess, right around there. Um, and I was gone for June, July, and August. And I and think can- I literally started planning it in like May. Can you tell the people where you went and how long you spent everywhere? Yeah. So I started my adventure in Costa Rica. Um, and I actually had just gone to Costa Rica in February. So a couple months before that. And there was something about that country that just connected to my soul. I felt like I needed to go back. I needed to spend longer time there. It was just like very peaceful. And so I started in Costa Rica. I did three weeks there. And then I did three weeks in Guatemala. And I did one week in Mexico City. And then I did about a month in Peru. So Uh a little bit all over. What was like some, like, if you're looking at the highlight reel, like what are a few of your like top moments? Definitely. I would say the first thing is the people that I met, like obviously going solo. Um, I think a big part of that is making friends. And I, um, stayed at these hostels called Selena hostels. So it's like a co-work co-live situation. And if anyone's planning on doing some sort of solo trip traveling around, look into Selena hostels because they have sponsored all over. Yeah. Not sponsored. Um, but essentially I paid like a monthly rent and I got to change locations four times a month. Um, and again, literally locations all over the place and they have different events and they do rooftop bars and parties and welcome drinks and they have activities. So you can meet a lot of people who are doing the same thing. They have a co-work space. So I met so many amazing friends from Chile, Israel, Italy, Belgium, Germany, like all over the world. And I still talk with them to this day. So that was probably one of my, one of the highlights for sure. And then just one of the different like bucket list moments I was able to check off. Got to hike a 13,000 foot volcano in Guatemala. That was on my bucket list. Got to see Machu Picchu. I um, did like a spiritual retreat in Peru and journeyed with mother ayahuasca, which is something that I also wanted to do for a while. Um, Learned to surf. I, oh gosh, I'm I'm trying to think. I spent um, a week in the Amazon rainforest. So a lot of really big bucket list items that I was able to do. Do you feel, I feel like the answer is obviously yes, but like, how do you feel like this changed you? That's a good question. I think it just made me more confident because, I mean, going into it, I definitely had self-confidence and I was pretty independent um, just because I had done a lot of traveling before, but this was the longest solo journey I've done. I've traveled for like a week by myself, but three months and again, countries that don't speak your language. Um, it's a big adventure. And I lived out of one bag, like one suitcase. I was working remote for over half of it. Got my wallet stolen the second week, hiked this volcano in a cyclone storm with lightning going off everywhere. Um, I got sick in Mexico city for a little bit, like a lot of things happened that went wrong, but it was also just like very peaceful in a way. Like I had to rely on myself. It was only me out there. If anything was to go wrong or where to go wrong, like you only have yourself. Um, I read a lot. I listened to a lot of podcasts because I had so much time by myself and alone. I think I really strengthened like my mindset and my mental 
game. I love that. That's something like I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily touch on when they're talking about travel. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, everyone's again, back to like the Instagram versus reality. It's like, I had the most amazing food. I did this and this and this, and that's all so important. Um, but that, that reconnection to self is like, I feel like that's almost something you can do when you really do have to be super self-reliant and tested. And I mean, ultimately you will persevere, but facing the challenge in front of you and not being sure if you will be able, I mean, for some people, like not being able not being sure if you're going to like persevere through that moment. And then it's like, oh, I did. And it really wasn't that bad. And like, it's totally fine and shit's still moving. And I didn't need to like run this idea by like 20 people to make sure if everyone had buy-in, like I can just like do what I want to do on my terms when I want to do it. And that Mm -hmm. is really empowering. It was amazing. Like I also had a journal with me. So I journaled, I tried to journal every day, but it was honestly more like every other day or a couple of times a week. But that was also, I felt like really powerful for myself, um, reflecting on the day, different things that I learned, people that I met, um, you know, the highlights, the lowlights, what I learned from that. And um, yeah, it was a really awesome experience. If people want to do a solo adventure, I 110% recommend it. Obviously, it's not for everyone. Um, But if people have more questions on that, I'd totally be happy to, you know, share more in depth or even like offer some advice on places to go or where to stay. Um, and then lastly, before we get to the juicy stuff, um, I wanted to ask you, like, if you had any tips and tricks on, I mean, even people who are not even traveling, just being okay with being alone. And there is a difference between alone and loneliness and I feel like that is a a bigger discussion, but just while we're on the topic, like, do you have any pointers on that? Yeah, I do think there's like a misconception with the idea of being alone. I think a lot of people kind of equate being alone with being sad and that's not the case. Like, again, I've been single for seven years now and I think it kind of is almost in a, they all kind of like collide, if that makes sense. Being single, being sad, being alone, they all don't mean the same thing. And so I think there is a difference though between loneliness and being alone. Loneliness, I think, comes from more of like a fear or like a craving for maybe connection or you're just feeling disconnected and you don't feel like maybe you have a support system or like what you're doing. Where being alone, I think there's a lot of power in that. You can reflect, get to know yourself better. You can, you know, find hobbies, get creative, like get out of your comfort zone, put yourself out there maybe go in social situations and meet new people that you wouldn't previously do. So just kind of, you know, finding ways to adapt and do things that you wouldn't normally do. Beautiful. Does that make that sense? Was, that was honestly very beautifully said. And I so appreciate you sharing that with us. I have a question. Dime. We have been recording for an hour. <gasps> wow. So my proposition, if you have the time, is we could make this a two-parter. Yeah. That's Are you done with that? Mm-hmm. This is part one. We talked about travel and tune in to the next episode if you want to hear a little bit about our experiences with plant medicines, our favorite hey. thing in the world. Um, 
anyways, thank you so much for listening to Off the Cuff. I'm your host, Zoe. I was here with the one and only Taylor Hamilton. Taylor Hamilton, tea bag, actually not tea bag, tea party, you name it. All these mofos, where to find you? Uh, my Instagram, at Taham, T-A-Y-Y-H-A-M. You can DM me any questions, give me a follow, check out the pics. I haven't been as active lately, but... Give her a like. Give her a like. Give me a follow. Comment if you like. Um, <laughs> love that. So, <laughs> okay. uh, not my best. And you can follow me at Zoe. No, that's just good. Uh, it's Zoe Rubin, Z-O-R-U-B-E-N-S, um, on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. And let's party. <laughs> <laughs>